we are in this for the long run to persevere and to disciple our kids. Really, homeschooling for me is discipleship. It's under the heading, it's kind of like under the umbrella of discipleship. And so, yes, we homeschool, but am I homeschooling just for the sake of homeschooling? No. Am I Really, I'm homeschooling because it gives me an opportunity to spend my days discipling my kids. Hey ladies, this is Christy Young with The Gritty Gospel, and I'm here today uh, excited really to share my top 10 tips for homeschooling. And can I tell you, I have a huge disclaimer at the beginning. I am not like other moms. You know, I'm unique in my own way and have my uh, husband that works full-time uh, at a very, I don't know, intense job. And then we have six kiddos, and so it goes without saying that I, like you, I'm unique and we have our own circumstances and so I'm going to give you my top 10 tips for homeschooling but it is based upon me and my family and what works for us and so my hope and prayer for you is that you will be able to find out what works for you uh, but I hope that maybe these top 10 tips might give you at least some perspective into what works for us so that maybe some of them might work for you too. Okay, my top 10 tips, and here they go. They are not in any order, okay? They're all equally meaningful and important. Here we go. My number 10 tip would be this, uh, to develop a consistent routine for your kids. And can I tell you, I've been doing this long enough that I have seen a lot of things done well. And I have a lot of friends who do every kind of thing. Some have a very specific schedule for their kids where they wake up at a, certain, a special time, the same time every day, and then they execute morning chores and then get into God's word or and then whatever their morning basket or morning routine is. Uh, and that works well for them. I have other friends who whose kids do their schooling at night and they are night owls. They, are, they can think well so they get schooling done at night so that they have little like remainder to do in the morning and then they're free for most of the day until they do school again at night. My encouragement to you, my advice would be to find a consistent routine that works for you. For us, we do like to start our mornings you know, with some semblance of waking up at a reasonable time, we do, we're grateful we don't have to get up at six o'clock in the morning every morning. And so I lean into the fact that we do have flexibility for sleep times. I desire good sleep for my kids. And so really, realistically, we are up by somewhere between 7.30 and 8.30, uh, depending on which day of the week, because certain days, on, on Fridays, I let them sleep in a little bit longer. And then you know, Monday through Thursday, really typically we are up by, you know, around eight o'clock. Okay, so generally speaking, we are up by around 8 a.m. and then we jump into chores and then we watch World Watch News and then jump into God's Word and then the day flows from there. And so, but generally speaking, the kids know we've got to get up and get going and I like that. I feel like just for life, you need a rhythm to uh, do life well. And so I say, figure out for your family what flow works best for you and then kind of stick to it. Even if certain days you do certain things, we have certain extracurricular activities on certain days. And so the kids look forward to like gymnastics on Mondays or I don't know, martial arts on Thursdays. Uh, and then they know that Fridays are our lighter, easier day. And so we look forward to playing in the woods on those days. And so, I don't know, we have things that we look forward to, rhythms. And then like with small group on Wednesday nights or in church on Sundays, and my little ones too pass the time based upon what's happening for the day. And so they're learning their days of the week based upon what regular rhythms we've established for those days of the week. So that would be my number 10 uh, tip for homeschooling. Number nine would be that as our family has grown, 
Um, we love to have at least one day a week where we don't have to go anywhere and we don't have to see anyone if we don't want to. We don't have to run errands. We don't have to get in the car. That allows us to have margin for uh, just whatever the Lord would bring us and then allows us to have, I love a cuddly day, a jammy day, a do whatever we would like to do with the day day after school is done. And so I love to not overschedule us. And it gives my kids, I feel like, um, just margin to play. I feel like play is so important for kids. Uh, and even my older kids, I just think that they love to have the freedom to go build forts in the woods or to go do gymnastics on the trampoline. And to, I don't know, I just think it's so great for kids to have time to wonder and to think and to play where it's not strategically planned for them. Okay, my number eight would be to find a curriculum or a co-op that inspires you and breathes life into you. Uh, the reason I say that is we're in this for the long run to persevere and to disciple our kids. Really homeschooling for me is discipleship. It's under the heading. It's kind of like under the umbrella of discipleship. And so, yes, we homeschool, but am I homeschooling just for the sake of homeschooling? No. Am I Really, I'm homeschooling because it gives me an opportunity to spend my days discipling my kids. And so I need to find a curriculum that works for both me and for my children. And so mamas, you need to be inspired. You need to love your curriculum and to, or your co-op, whatever you're engaged in academically, you need to make sure that it inspires you and that you enjoy teaching it or that the way that you do teach it and lay it out for your kids, that it would be palatable for you. So because your kids, the way that you feel about things is contagious to your children. And so if you dread going to school and doing English grammar for that day and you're like, well, I just don't like the way the curriculum sets this out and I don't want to teach it like this. I don't agree with it. I don't like it. Then change it because your kids need to see you be excited about the material because they will adopt similar attitudes. And so we need to be aware of the attitudes that we are putting on display for our kids. Oh, and then I wanted to encourage you in this. Consistency is what is key. So if we can find curriculum that we love and then just in the daily spend 20 or 30 minutes with the subjects that we've uh, set forth for that day. Man, over time, that consistency pays off and it will do its job. Our kids will be equipped for life and for work and for ministry and for whatever the Lord calls them to do. So be consistent and know that consistency is key. You don't win the race trying to crush your kids uh, with the amount of work they can do at any given day. I just encourage you to do bite-sized chunks consistently, daily, repeatedly over time. And then that really does work. And their brains don't peter out. They don't get tired or overwhelmed. Um, I love it that one mom said, when our kids are crying, if your kid's crying, they're not learning anything. So I don't know, just let learning, our aim is to let learning, let them, let our kids see that learning is fun. In fact, it's cool. And it's, I don't know, we're ever learning. And they, it's good for us to show them that. My number seven tip for homeschooling would be that less is more fight for margin. And so in my world, and of course I'm speaking again as a mom with a big family for me and for my kids, because now they're old enough to give me their, you know, their thoughts on our schedules. And I like hearing what they think about things. And then I want to orient our days where everyone can find joy and I don't know, get to do things that they enjoy doing. And so Man, for us, less is more. We don't want to be over encumbered by activities or commitments or even play dates. I don't like things that always at the very end of our days that make us push and rush through all the rest of the day just to get to that thing. Like I don't love having, for example, I don't love having gymnastics at 1 p.m. when I know that I'm gonna like be having to rush to get all the things done that we want to get done so that we can make it to gymnastics by 1 p.m. 
I don't like that. I don't want the extracurricular items that are at the end of our day to drive the momentum, the pace, the tone, or the air of our day, if you will. I want, I want to set and establish the tone for the day and the, the pace of the day. I don't want the extracurricular activities to rush or to hurry us or to stress out because I have certain kids that can get stressed by feeling like they're not going to get their academic work done in time for the event or the small group or the whatever it is at the end of the day. And so I personally like it to schedule, if we have extracurricular things, I want to bump them down later into the day so that we can have time to, and then if we have trouble, if we're having trouble with math or if we're having trouble with English or I need to spend more time with a certain kid on a certain subject, I want time to do that and I don't want to be rushed through it. But again, that's just me. Okay, then my number six would be to seek wise counsel from more experienced moms, but then to stop looking at what everyone else is doing and how they're executing it and you rock you, mama. And so that would be my advice that, man, I have benefited from wise counsel from more experienced moms my whole homeschooling journey. I am so thankful for moms who have come before me who have older kids and the wisdom that they've shared, even in terms of curriculum or life advice or uh, with SATs and ACTs and dual enrollment, just things that I don't know about because I'm not there yet. And I'm so thankful to hear wise counsel from more experienced moms. So I definitely think that we need to surround ourselves with those people. But I also, and then out of in the same vein though, I feel like we need to then, this is our journey with our families with the Lord. And so I feel like you need to petition the Lord, ask him for wise counsel, take in wise counsel from all the people around you, and then ask the Lord, seek the Lord in the quiet time as you plan for your family uh, to see what is good for y'all. What are good goals for you guys, you and your kids, with their strengths and weaknesses, um, with all the, because what works for one family may or may not work for you. And that's okay. Uh, I really think that we'll all get to the end and be successful as we just surrender our lives and our time to the Lord and our children to the Lord. But as we just try to remain faithful, being consistent in the daily, plugging into, pouring into our kids consistently, repeatedly every day. So my number five tip would be to be present and engaged and to ignore your phone or silence your phone. Uh, I think that one of the greatest gifts we can give our kids is our time and our full attention. And I think that that's one of the primary ways the enemy would love to steal us away from our families or to steal us away from our kids. Our kids need to know that they are worth our time, that they are meaningful and that they matter and that when we are with them that we will be present and engaged and that nothing, unless it's an emergency or super important and a super important text we're waiting for or a friend who's going into labor, I don't know, nothing's going to consistently regularly pull us away from our kids. I don't want my kids on the daily to see me always prioritizing uh, the next text that I receive. You know, if I'm in the middle of doing math with my six-year-old, I want to be doing math with my six-year-old. I don't want to be ever having my phone notifying me that there's something happening or going on or someone's texting me. And then for me to say, hold on, let me just check. Hold on. Let me just, I mean, what kind of message does that send to my daughter? No, you know what? She is worth it. Worth carving out time to focus with her on a subject and then to focus with the next kid and the next kid. And of course, there will be interruptions that I can't help. But in general, I want my kids to know that it's my, this is my full-time job and I am here to be present and engaged with you. And I think that's fruitful. It builds self-esteem into our kids. We get to build confidence in them that way for them to know that they are worth it and worth our time. 
Okay, my number four, and again, this is unique to me. I love doing school six weeks on, one week off. Six weeks on, one week off. And the reason I, there are a variety of reasons I love that, but the re, one of the main reasons I love that is because I physically, I like I've already told y'all, I'm an A-type personality. I like to get a lot done, and I have a lot that I want to expose my kids to and to teach them. Well, they are little and there are only so many hours in the day and then I only want to spend so many hours of the day teaching and homeschooling and then I want to spend other portions of the day engaged in extracurricular things or playing in the woods, doing other things that are equally beneficial to me uh, and my husband. And so I guess I, I, the six weeks on allows me to plan for six weeks. The subjects that we're going to tackle, the things that we're going to do that are meaningful, what, what, and I get to analyze what are the goals that I want to accomplish during that time period. And then I get one week off. We all look forward to the one week off because that week we get to play. Mom gets to do projects that she wants to do. I get to fix things in the house that need to be fixed. I, need, I can uh, decorate or create or read or write or, I don't know, meet up with a mom during the middle of the day when normally I'd be doing school stuff. Or, I don't know, I could just play. It just like blows up our world in such a good way. And then my kids look forward to that week to be able to do whatever they would love to do to play outside to uh, play video games some more maybe and then or to uh, meet up with friends I don't know you know we just get to, or to go see friends we have friends from out of town that we might want to go visit I don't know we can plan so that gives me flexibility and then we all get to look forward to every six weeks having a little break and then during the break the goal for me is that I would plan for the next six weeks and kind of with an eye, with a mind toward what we've just accomplished, which subjects now do we want to tackle? Like if we really, like, because sometimes we really get into like history, studying history really in depth, where I feel like science may have gotten like sidelined more than I wanted it to or intended for it to. Well, the next six weeks I can refocus on science and maybe let history get a little bit sidelined so that we can dig more in depth, do more projects, do whatever we'd like to do uh, so that we can focus on science. Um, or we may have a six weeks where we want to do something different like piano or, uh, I don't know, some other extracurricular or focus on art or art history, which we would not normally do for like the full year, but we might want to do an intensive six weeks on it. You can do that. And then you, what's cool about this is for that six weeks, you focus on those subjects and you don't feel guilt about not doing the other subjects, whatever you're not getting to, it's okay. And then you can recalibrate and the following six weeks plan to hit a, one other unique elective or one if you want to hit on apologetics or if you want to study uh, vocabulary in a different way or if you want to have six weeks of awesome science projects um, that you where you spend an hour a day on science uh, that would be awesome and so you just get to plan it and make it whatever you'd want it to be okay so my number three tip would be to keep the main thing the main thing. And what I really mean when I say that is, man, let us keep the core of our academic instruction focused on reading, writing, and arithmetic. And what I really think the days, every day, if there are interruptions that happen, things that bombard us, if things have to get taken away from our school schedule ever, typically they are not, what I will not remove literature readers, writing, our writing curriculum, and math. Like those, my kids know, um, it can be, we're going to walk, like walk through a tornado and still get reading, writing, and math done. <laughs> I mean, like mom can be sick with the flu and we may not, I may not teach like normal, but uh, we will get reading, writing, and math done. Trying to, now I'm joking. If I have the flu, we're not getting school done. But you know what I'm saying? Just the days that unexpected things happen and so school gets condensed, keep your core reading, writing, and math. We should be reading aloud to our kids 
man, it doesn't matter how old they are. We should be reading good books together, enjoying good books together, and then they should be uh, have access to great literature readers. We should enjoy God's Word together. I really would add that God's Word, reading, writing, and math. We should enjoy God's Word together, and that's a part of our great literature, great uh, history. It's a great historical narrative, great poetry, great songs. It's beautiful, so God's Word. And then reading, great. make sure your kids have access to lots of books, um, even from the public library. And then... Uh, writing, making sure that they get uh, great writing instruction. Um, what, and there are a multitude of ways to do that, but just that you would consistently be working on writing, putting together sentences, putting together paragraphs. Make, we just want our kids to be able to articulate how they feel, what they think, and with the hope that they will be able to articulate well the gospel, that they'll be able to read God's word, interpret it, analyze it, enjoy it, teach it. And so they've got to be able to write well, too, to be able to share the gospel and to uh, be able to communicate well. And so those are such important things. And then math, learning how to budget, learning how to, and then learning how to budget, how to manage a home. Math is so involved in all of that. And so math is so important. And then, and then of course, if you pick a a science field to go into, then that is so incredibly important that we would teach our kids to prioritize math. Okay, number two. My number two tip would be to protect your mornings. Uh, I've learned this the hard way. Our, my mornings can so quickly get stolen from me through appointments or case manager visits uh, through for foster care or uh, hearings. I mean, just a million things. Uh, friends who have needs and need me to be present or need help with something. I have learned to unless it's an emergency, uh, we will protect our mornings. I am not scheduling appointments during our mornings. I am not, even cool homeschool things. Like there is a, an incredibly awesome nonprofit here where we live and they offer really great things to foster parents that are during the day. But I've learned, I don't want that because it takes so much time to pack up the kids and to get us there and then to do the activity that we're gonna do and then to come back home, we lose the greater portion of our day in the whole hustle bustle just to pack snacks and to get diapers and to get everybody to, to the event, to the, the hobby or to the activity. And then to then feed everybody while we're there is typically because the littles get hungry. And then we come back home and then I have to make like real lunch. And I don't know, it takes, it takes our whole day. But again, that's a big family thing. So I will protect my mornings at all costs. And I think that you should establish that as a priority early on because it will help you because you will, again, consistency is key. If you will protect your mornings, then you'll get, as long as you're getting things done every morning, man, you're going to have success, mama. So protect your mornings. Finally, my number one tip for homeschooling would be this. I feel like it is so important for our kids to see us love to learn and to see that we never stop learning. We never stop asking questions. We we need to stay curious that all of us do as moms, as dads. I never I learned so I've learned so much about the word of God uh, in the last year. It's been incredible. I'm so grateful. I've learned so, so much about science through having goats and chickens and all kinds of things that then we have to do research about all kinds of things regarding animals. And I just am so grateful. So my kids need to see how much I love to learn. And then I need to help them to appreciate how important it is to continue to have a love for learning for all of life. And so that's one of our greatest goals, mamas, is to cultivate within our kids a love for learning. And so if we ever get to a place where we feel like in our homeschooling life that things are dull or boring or there's a lack of energy or enjoyment in learning, like the very basics of learning, then we need to switch it up. I feel like we need to find things that our kids are passionate about and get books on them. We need to study them. We need, if they don't love to write, maybe they could write about 
uh, Minecraft, or maybe they could write about building forts in the woods, or maybe they could read literature about great, like for my little guy, reading literature about guys going on adventures and uh, making it out in the woods alone, or I don't know, whatever it would be for your kids, whether it's dinosaurs or animals or procedures and surgeries and gross things. I have kids like that too. We need to find ways to help keep our kids' love for learning and to inspire them, to show them that this is cool. This is not just academics on a page, but this is life and God has given us life and it's worth exploring. This is an adventure. We get to find out more about this topic that you love. Let's go dig deeper. Do you have questions about it? Are there things you want to know? We need to blow it up to help our kids appreciate that learning is fun and really at the root of it, we're learning more about our creator because he is the one who's given us life and given us this world around us to explore. Okay, I'm super excited for your adventure in homeschooling. And if you've been at it a long time, I know sometimes it's just nice to refresh and to hear what other people do. I know I do that often where I'm like, I'm just tired, things aren't working, we need to switch it up. Uh, and I think that's honestly human. So I hope that your homeschooling is a success this year that you get to enjoy your baby. I love you, sisters. Talk to you soon. Thank you.